Oh, I'm excited. I'm going to kind of get into a message this morning that it, it'll probably take, I would imagine we're going to spend a week or two talking about what God has kind of put on my heart to speak on. And uh, basically, I want to talk to you about the glorious church, the glorious church. And for quite a while now, I guess, God has been just really speaking to me and strengthening me in, 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 in this area of seeing and just having this revelation of what a strong, powerful, glorious church that Jesus came to establish and to build. You know, that the church is not in any way, shape, or form weak or silent or just kind of setting back from all of the areas of society that we live in and just kind of existing out here on its own. Like, the church is, a, is an overwhelmingly influential organization that is meant to basically affect change in this world more than anything else is meant to do. When the church is working properly, when she's functioning properly, there's no question about it that it is the most transformational organization on the planet, right? That the Spirit of God moving in His church, in the body, is effectively able to bring forth change, impact for kingdom purposes differently than can be said of anything else that's, that's out there. And a lot of times the church uh, can kind of get a bad rap or people can have a, a false perception of what the church is. I did a message series, I think it was last year, about a year ago, um, called Church Myths Debunked, right? And we went through like all of the most popular misconceptions or false accusations that people have about what the church is. And that was a fun message series. I encourage you to, you can go to our website and you can listen to those messages on our podcast page. But, um, but people can get kind of a false view of church. Think about this for a second. Have you ever bought, I don't know, a new Gidget or Gizmo or Widget or whatever? You get something and, uh, and it doesn't function the way that it's supposed to. There's something off about it. Maybe there's a part that's broken in there or something is missing. You, you kind of like, you got a lemon, you know? And you don't know that, so you're just trying to use it. But whenever it's not working the way that it's actually created to work, the way that it's designed to work, then unfortunately what you have is that the output, everything that's coming out of it, begins to get skewed, begins to be affected in a negative way. And so you never actually get the outcome that you really are desiring to have from this gizmo gadget or widget that you just bought, right? Has anybody ever had that happen before? And then you think, you can even think to yourself, wow, this thing is not at all what it's cracked up to be. 
Like, I've heard great things about this. All those people on Amazon reviews and Google reviews, they have no idea what they're talking about. This thing is not at all what it's cracked up to be. So then you get your own perception of what this thing is, or I guess I should say what it's not, and then you just dismiss it, you move forward, and for perhaps the rest of your life, you always think that thing is nothing that it's really supposed to be. See, the church, guys, the way Jesus established the church, there are some distinct things that we see, qualities about the way the church that Jesus created should function, should thrive, and should move forward. But if that church is not functioning the way that she's created to, then the output or the effect that can happen can begin to create a misconception or bring people to a false perception of what the church is and ultimately what their view of God is. Does that make sense? And so I guess really where the Lord is stirring me up in this is to help us to see, to come forward and speak to the, to the church and say, look, none of us are perfect. We're never going to be perfect. But this church that, that Jesus died to create, that we are all a part of, is a glorious, magnificent, powerful, world-changing church. And we need to see it as such. We need to get a really great, clear picture revelation of just how powerful, just how strong this church is. What is the church, really? Is it this building? Is it 400 Park Street? Is it? No. Is it denominational versus non-denominational? Is it 501c3 status according to the IRS? That's what the IRS said, right? What is the church, really? Thank you. Yes, we, right, are the church. Us. Why are we the church? Because we are all as the Bible says, members of one body, that we are all a part of a body. And what is the head of that body that drives and controls everything? Christ. The Bible says Christ is the head of the church, right? And that we are all members that fit into this body that is essentially driven and controlled and empowered by the head, which is Christ Jesus. So we are all Carrying God's spirit, we are all the church. It's not the building. It's not all these other things. It's, it's us moving forward, carrying the authority that Jesus died for us to have. Now, when Jesus first established his church, he said something to Peter, right? He said, because uh, Peter said that you are the Christ, the son of the Messiah. So this revelation that Jesus was God's son, that Peter was able to get from above, Jesus said, you know, on that rock, I will build my church. And so he began to use that word church. It really hadn't been used in the Bible up until this point. And the word church, when you study it, it actually means called ones, ones who are called forth. So while there was always the sense that there was the children and the people of God through the Old Testament, Israel, and all that... Jesus came, he actually set up and established 
this new, we'll call it organization, if you will. But he established this new entity now that was known as his church. And what was different about this is that he began, he, he, he brought forth and he baptized his church in his spirit. He brought his spirit forth, put it in men, and he baptized men with his spirit at Pentecost. And then there became this empowerment from above that was there for the church to go forth and become exactly who she was meant to be. It was a furious force that would bring forth change, impact, and influence on this earth for every day from that point on until Jesus came, comes back for his church, which is called the Bride of Christ. You hear me? So I'm so excited about this because this is some powerful stuff. And I want you to see, as we go through this, I want you to see some distinct qualities, characteristics of what the church is really created to be and really has the full authority and power to be exactly as she's created for. There's nothing lacking. Like what we're talking about isn't something that we can't attain or we have to wait to attain, that these things are actually already empowered to be because we are the church and we have Christ's spirit inside of each of us. So open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And let me pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I just ask you, God, take the weight of this message, Lord, from me. This is yours. Speak, God, your truth through me. I'm just a vessel. I just, I'm nothing without you, Lord. Speak through me. Help us to become the church that you've created us to be. Help us to walk worthily of that, Lord. We know that you have great things planned for each and every one of us. Help us to rise up and be the people, the body that you've empowered us to be. Let this message strengthen your church today by your spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So the first quality that I want you to see of the church is that, that the church is a growing organization. It's a growing organization. It's, a, it's growing, first of all, in the sense that it multiplies and that it increases in numbers. This is very practical, but if you think about it, there are lots of people here on the earth who don't know Christ, who if they died today would not spend eternity in heaven with Jesus, but would spend eternity in hell because that would be separation from, from God because they don't know Jesus. So as long as it can be said that there are people living among us, living in the world, who don't know Jesus, who won't go to heaven, it can be said that the church needs to grow, needs to increase, needs to multiply. Are you with me? So it can be said that she is a growing church, that it's to be multiplying. The Bible says in the, in the early part of the New Testament when the church was, was taking off, that it said that there were those who were added to the church daily, 
right? So there was, when the church was functioning, when she was thriving properly, there were always more people not being added to the church like, oh, there's more people going to be in the chair on Sunday. No, 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 no. It's more people that are being added to the church in the sense that more people get the revelation of who Jesus Christ is and the plan and the purpose that he has for their life. They're born again and they become empowered with God's spirit to live out a life of purpose and destiny. That's what growing more added to the church daily looks like. Right? Just so happens that there'll be more people here on Sundays worshiping God when that happens. But when he says that the, the church is a growing church, so it's increasing, it's multiplying. And can I tell you something? There is not a single person here in this room right now that is not meant and intended to where your life being lived out the way that God's called you to. There's no person here whose life is not intended to help multiply and increase the church. That as a result of you walking out your purpose and destiny, did you know that you are meant to introduce people to Jesus? Because of your life, people should see Jesus, should be able to come to know Jesus through the example that you're living. So every person who is a member of the church living in the life that we're called to, the church being who she's created to be, ought to bring forth an effect and impact where there's increase and there's multiplication and there's more people being added to the church daily as a result of that. The other part of the growth process that the church is meant to be on is that her members, us, Christ followers, are meant to be growing, getting stronger, being strengthened in our faith and in our spirit, man, on a continual basis moving forward in this life that we have on this earth. And this is the place where we see a lot of, uh, I would say, I guess, believers who don't engage in that. Or who aren't on that path necessarily where they're growing stronger in their faith, where they're growing stronger in their authority over the enemy. That there's perhaps this sense that people are all about the business of getting, of growing in other areas of their life. A lot of people, and I, th- and these are, believe me, these are very good things, but a lot of people will put a lot of investment and in, in growing as far as their health, their physical bodies. You know, take care, and we, sh- we should. We want to take care of our bodies. We want to be healthy. And we put a lot into that. A lot of people will put a lot of investment into their career, into being successful, or into the money that they make, or the accomplishments that they achieve. Again, none of those things are bad. But here's my point, is that what we do see in the church at times is that people don't have that same sense of investment, that same sense of passion and determination for growing strong in their spirit and in their spirit in their faith and in their walk with God. And that ought to be the most important part of who we are and of what we're focused on. And so as a result what you see is you see people who are part of the church because Christ's Spirit lives in them, but there is this great sense of spiritual timidity, spiritual just 
non-authority that they're walking in in their life over the things that the enemy would bring against them. And I'm, I'm just going to say how I see it today. There is not a lot of things, there are not a lot of things that could confuse a non-believer or an unchurched person more than seeing this person who's carrying forth the Spirit of God, who ought to be this strong, victorious person in their life, who is so spiritually timid that every little thing that comes against them, it's a spiritual matter, wipes them out, derails them, and knocks them off course of what God has for them. Are you with me? Like, we ought to be a growing church, getting stronger, getting strengthened all of the time in who we are and in the faith that we carry forth to be able to do the battle in our lives against the things that are ultimately and definitely going to come against us. So I want to read a few passages with you in Ephesians chapter 4 because there's a really good, there's just a really good uh, set of scriptures here that talks about how the church is supposed to be a growing church. And it, it gives us some indication of actually how that happens, kind of like how we grow stronger together as a body, all of us members of one body. So imagine that, that we're all kind of hooked in to the same body. We're all a part of the same thing, which means we are all the church, so we're united in that. And that these are some things that we see Paul talking about here in his letter to the church at Ephesus, that these are ways that the church is continuing to grow stronger. So we're going to begin in verse 11. Verse 11, look to your neighbor and say, you are the church. Say, I am the church. Say, we are the church. And we're a growing church. All right. Verse 11, it says... He himself, Jesus, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. I'm going to stop right there. We're going to pause. So God appoints, he anoints Leaders in his church, spiritual leaders, who are responsible, who are mandated, who are commissioned, and who are empowered to bring forth a leadership in that church that helps to grow the body, equip the body, and strengthen the body, okay? Now, I may dig into this the rest of the time. I don't know. But I do want to, I just, I want to take my time and I want to share this with you because I believe this is what the Lord is speaking today. So, first of all, when I think about what God called me into, when he called me into ministry and, and being a pastor and this great responsibility of, of helping to grow the church, I just want you to know that I take that so seriously so seriously that that calling you know i don't really look at it like god called me to go do something uh to to get a little building and get a church in waterloo illinois this just happened to be the location you know i look at it as god has really put in me he's called me i mean i just can't get away from it it's just in me and it's just just got me that there's this pull there's this calling there's this draw that i am respond i am called to help build and grow god's people spiritually 
so that they can live out the life of faith that they're really called to live, that they can put their foot on the head of the enemy and be victorious, and they can fulfill the purpose and the destiny that they have in their life. It is such a passion that I have, and it is such a great responsibility. But all of us, as, as, as we, and I, I have a pastor that I call pastor, who I sit under, who I consider my spiritual authority, Pastor Rick Shelton, who is responsible for raising me up, right? And here is what's so important that we recognize, that men in themselves are incapable of anything in terms of helping us spiritually. It's only because God's Spirit and his power enables us to be able to do that. And then we carry this mandate, this mantle, if you will, to help ultimately reach the lost who don't know Christ and to grow those who do up stronger in their faith. If it could be simplified down to one thing, that was what I, that's how I would put it. That's why we say raising up game changers is our vision, because we want to help people understand that they have a purpose, that they're meant to be a game changer, and we want to help raise them up strong to be exactly who it is that they're created to be. But when we decide, okay, part of me growing, part of the church growing stronger is that there's leadership, there's people in the church who are appointed and who are called by God, then there is a sense of we have to be able to receive from what God is doing in their lives in order for that to strengthen us and to help us grow. And here's what happens a lot of times in the church, is that people will want to or will love to come and hear a great preacher, but many times they will be adverse to actually sitting under a pastor. There's a difference does that, does that make sense? There's a difference. Let me explain. You know, a great preacher can deliver a word, can speak from the Bible on in any given moment, in any given day, and, and that will affect people and that will encourage people. But the pastor carries forth the call and other leaders in the call uh, that carry forth the call to where there's strengthening and there's growth that needs to be done in the body that most of it, guys, really happens outside of this hour on Sunday. And, and so when we say, okay, there's leaders in the church and they're in position to help us grow, that means that there's growth that comes from exhortation, from encouragement, from empowerment, and I much prefer that side, believe me. But there's growth that also comes from correction and, and, and spiritual discipline, if you will, to say, hey, that doesn't have a place in your life. Hey, that needs to go. That can't stay. Hey, you're off the mark because this is what Scripture says, and we can see clearly that doesn't line up with it. And so if we're really going to be the church growing, getting stronger, we have to embrace the whole thing. Does that make sense? We have to recognize, okay, there's the whole thing, and it's all good for me. I've heard so many messages. I've heard so many times from my pastor over the years, Matt, you need to deal with this, or we need to, you need to work on this, and it never, ever, ever felt good, okay? It never felt good. I was like, whoa, yeah, give me some more, you know? No. It was like, ah, oh. but let me tell you, that those things, if I would not have heard them, if I would not have received them, and I would have only heard all of the good, encouraging things that were yay and, and build you up what you need, but if it was only that and it was never also spiritual discipline and correction, so I know where to stay away from, I got to tell you, I don't know where I would be. 
I would be wandering around in a place that would no, not be anywhere near where God would want me to be. Does that make sense? And so, so we see that it says here that he's got pastors, teachers, evangelists, apostles for the equipping of the saints of the work of the ministry. So this building up and this strengthening that's happening is for a reason. It's an equipping to equip means to help strengthen, means to help you put on what you need to put on, means for you to have what you need to have. So look at it like this. When you are being built up, you are, when you are growing in the church, you are being equipped. You are being added to. You are being strengthened. You are being sharpened for, what does it say? For the work of the ministry. Now, this is very important. Ministry in this Bible, now we hear ministry and you think what I do probably. You think the pastor up here or maybe you think JJ and Glory, you know, worship leaders, that that's a ministry. But in the Bible, the word ministry is very broad. All it simply means is your good service to God. It really means the good works, the good things that you are all called, that we're all called to do. So if you think about it like that, and just get this, that means that we all have a ministry. Does that make sense? You have a ministry in you in terms of you have good works, you have good service, you have a calling, you have things that God is empowering you, has created you to go forth and to be able to do. Look at your neighbor and say, you have a ministry in you. You have... <laughs> You're like, well, maybe, maybe not. All right. So, so there's this growth that's happening that is equipping us to be able to fulfill the work of the ministry, which means the good works that God's called us to do. And it says, for the edification of the body of Christ. So as, as we are being strengthened and we are growing and being equipped to fulfill what God's called us to do, as we are all members playing a part in that, then the overall body is being edified, which means basically to grow spiritually. Now, this is huge because this shifts it, and this says it's not even just about the pastors, the prophets, the teachers, evangelists. Which one did I leave out? Apostles. Five, it's not even just about them doing what God's called them to do that's going to strengthen and grow the body. No, 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 no. It, it, it kind of begins there. There's leadership there. But it's really about everybody getting equipped, getting strong, and going and doing what God is leading and has created them to do as all of the members of the body play a role and play a function that overall now the body is being strengthened, built up, and edified in a much more exponential way than is possible if it's just only being done by the pastors, preachers, teachers, evangelists, and prophets right? So think about this. You have to get in the game. You've got to grow and get strong in your faith. You've got to really seek out the things that God has for you and what he's calling you to do, because as you're doing that, 
then you are in turn playing a very important critical role, which is you are sharpening, strengthening the body of Christ because you are a member functioning exactly as you are supposed to. In every member, there is not one of which it wouldn't be said. Every member has a role, has a part, has a very important piece to play in strengthening the overall body as a whole. Isn't that awesome? And so think about this. What is, where is your ministry? Where is it that you're called to be? Look, think much bigger than Life Church X in Waterloo, Illinois, okay? We come here and we, there's so many of us that serve and we volunteer here and, and, and you see a lot of people doing amazing things, right? You see JJ and Gloria up here, the, part of their ministry is in worship, and, and Sam's got the smiling ministry going on. He's recruiting volunteers, by the way, if you're looking for something to do. And so, uh, <laughs> but listen, guys, you, whenever it says for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, you've got to realize it is so much bigger than that. Your ministry, it's out there with what you're doing every day. It's in your workplace. It's in your home. In fact, can I say it actually starts in your home. (laughs) The Bible says that if you can't lead in your home effectively, how are you going to lead outside of the home in the world and in in the body of Christ? Like, your ministry is, is way beyond just what happens here at this church. It's the good service, the good works that God has called us to do. And in order to do that, it, we have to be growing and getting stronger. We have to really be relentless and, and so serious about the fact that we've got to grow spiritually. We've got to grow strong in our faith. We can't set that over here on the side and say, I'll work on that on Sundays. Meanwhile, Monday through Saturday, I'm going to work on uh, my career or I'm going to work on my house or I'm going to work on this or I'm going to work on that. Those are not bad things, but when it gets bad is when all of those things create so much space that we don't have time for this. And then we become spiritually timid, weak people who don't walk in any kind of authority that we actually carry with us that we ought to have at any given time. Isn't that amazing? I mean, you want to talk about resisting temptation from the enemy, there's, you, you need faith for that. You don't have to have discipline, willpower, like that's not a mental exercise, I'm going to resist the devil today, it is a spiritual exercise, it is a thing of faith, and so if your spirit man is neglected, is famished, and is weak, how can you possibly grow, get stronger, and become all that God has created you to be, amen, but the beautiful thing is, is that we all, I will, we all play a part in that process for one another. I don't know about you, but I take that really seriously. Like, I take that really, do you? Like, I take that really seriously. We all have a part in this, right, Julia? Like, you becoming who God's created you to be, that makes me better. That helps me. I'm inspired to see what God is doing in your life. It's, it's sharpening me. It's helping me to be a better pastor to other people because I see the effect of change. And I see what God is doing in you and in your life. So don't leave, okay? <laughs> no. So it's important, right? I mean, we all help each other, but we have to be able to, to recognize that and see that and go forth and listen to what it says here in the rest of these verses. I didn't even get past two verses here. Verse, uh, I'm going to jump here down to verse 15. Speaking the truth in love, 
we may grow up in all things into him who is the head, which is Christ, from the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Wow, isn't that amazing? A picture of a growing, strong, glorious church. But growth is absolutely a quality that the church that Jesus set up and established is marked by and ought to be recognized by. Growth in the sense that more are coming to know Christ, the kingdom of heaven is expanding for eternity, and growth in the sense that God's people are growing up strong in their faith and that they're becoming more and more who God is creating them to be. That's a process and a work that's happening on the inside of us all the time while we have breath in our lungs and while we live to see another day here on this earth. We ought to always be moving forward and growing. It said, how many have heard the term, if you're not growing, you're dying, right? I've often heard, and I, I agree with this, this statement, that there is no neutral ground. You can't just stay still. If you're not growing, you're actually regressing. Man, that hits me hard. Because that means if I neglect growth, if I neglect the the pursuit of becoming strong in my spirit man and seeking to, to play my role in the body of Christ to help the body of Christ overall get stronger, then if I do that, then there's actually regression. There's actually going backwards that's happening, and that is a scary thought when you think about how formidable the enemy is when he comes against us with his schemes and with his attacks. We need to be a strong people. And it says here when it talks about the body of Christ, it says speaking How does it say it? Speaking the truth in love. I ought to know that one. (laughs) Speaking the truth in love. Two sides to that. So, first of all, if we are going, this is the way that it should be in the body in order for us to grow. If we are going to say, okay, I'm going to speak the truth, right? I'm going to share, I'm going to speak great encouragement, but then as a, as a friend to people who are in the church, I need to say things sometimes that are tough to say. Listen, you have to, you have to say those things in love. Too many times we hear things and, and it's not really packaged in love, and so it never ends up having the effect that it ought to have. Right? So as, as we carry the mandate and the responsibility from being hooked together, arm in arm with each other, growing stronger, and we have things that we want to speak to people, we want to share with them, hey, I'm your friend and I see this, or I, I want to help you see this, or I don't know if you've thought about this. Like We have to go forth in a place where we're doing it out of love. And if we're doing it in love, guess what? Love never fails. But here's the other side of that. We have to, as members of the body, we have to be willing to embrace that kind of living. We have to be willing to embrace the fact that I'm not just here to bump into people on Sundays 
to see somebody like Sam smiling at me so I can smile back, get my coffee and walk out. Like we have to embrace the fact that, hey, we have a role in each other's lives. We have a place in each other's lives. And part of that is that what people have to say or what people might have to offer is something that we need to be open and willing to receive. That's how the church really grows and gets stronger. If you take those things out and we just come together, we hear a nice little message on Sunday that makes us feel good, and everybody's kind of removed and splintered from each other's lives, and we go about our business the rest of the week growing and all these other things except for the spirit. What the church does not do is the church does not grow. It does not get stronger, and ultimately, the church does not reflect the power, the authority, and the goodness of God that she's meant to in the world around us. Does that make sense? So anyway, a couple of the other things that we're going to get into in the weeks ahead is I want to talk to you about how the church is, is meant to be, a, the glorious church is meant to be, it's a unified church. It's a unified church, and it's a church that's gifted for marvelous works, marvelous works. Man, that's going to be exciting to talk about. It's a church that's a conquering church, and it's a church that is really, the Bible talks about, is a bride that's being prepared for an eternal marriage. It's some beautiful things, and God's just really put it on my heart. I close with this today. He's just really put it in me to just speak about and, and really to share what the picture of the glorious church that Jesus died to establish really truly does look like. Because there's a lot of people in the world who are unchurched or who are lost and who, who are dying spiritually who have really been sold a false bill of goods. And few things frustrate me more than that. When I hear of people who are distant from God, who are distant from the church, who are, have a wedge between them and anything that has to do with God or Jesus. And really, when you get right down to it almost every time, it's because somewhere along the line, the church wasn't really functioning the way that the church should. And we need to be the church that God has created us to be. There is a force, this is a force to be reckoned with. Like the church was Jesus' solution for a lost and dying world. Like that was his solution. I'm going to set up this church, and I'm going to make it my people, and I'm going to give them my spirit, and I'm going to give them all authority that I have so that they can walk in victory, and that it can grow, and that more can come to know me because of that. Like, that was his solution for all of the evil, for all of the hurt, for all of the wrong, for all of the terrible things that we hear about every day that goes on in our world. Do you realize that? Like the church is really Jesus' solution for that. And that means that we are the solution for that. And in order to be the solution, we have to be the church, the authentic church that Jesus created us to be. Amen? Stand to your feet with me today. I pray this morning that you just get emboldened and, and inspired to just to, to really grow to really get in the game you know like to really see that you have a part to play and here's what's awesome is that it doesn't matter where you're at you know a lot of people might be thinking well that's great but I've just I just got a lot of baggage right now like I just got a lot of junk going on 
I got a lot of stuff in me, and I'm not really going to be any good, you know. Look, once we commit to moving forward with God, once we commit to growing, once our heart's desire truly says, I want to live for the Lord, I want to live for His purpose in my life, I want to put my faith first above everything else that's going on. I want to grow here spiritually above everything else. Once we do that, God immediately is able to use us. He is immediately able to use you for good works and to strengthen the body of Christ. So don't get this false bill of goods. Don't get this false notion that there's some of us here who are ready and some of us here who aren't. Okay? That's not the case. Everybody who carries God's spirit, who's devoted to living for God, is able to be used by God. And part of the way he's using us is to strengthen and help grow one another. Arm in arm, hand in hand moving forward, becoming who God's created us to be. It's a beautiful, beautiful picture. It is a glorious church. It is the wisdom of God beyond the wisdom of man that saw a solution, that saw a way that he could establish this church and create her to be the answer to a lost and dying world. Carry his spirit forth and be empowered with that spirit and helping to change and impact the world around us every single day until Jesus comes back. And then we're all in heaven and it's the perfect place, right? But until then, we have work to do. We all play a part. Let's bow our heads. Father, in Jesus' name, I just, I pray that this message is like good seed on good soil today, Lord. I pray that it just hits, it just gets in there and it really just begins to grow in people. That they, they spend time praying and meditating and reflecting on this and how how in their own lives, Lord, that they are the church and they play such a, we all play such a huge role. I ask that you would just help these seeds to grow in each and every one of us. Help us to go forth focused and intent on putting our faith walk first, making it important and not neglecting that with other things in our lives. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your grace. And I thank you for your favor upon your children each and every day. In Jesus' name I pray.